Welcome to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast with your host, Ed Burkeen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whatever, and wherever you may be listening to us, you have your ears locked in to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. My name is Ed, I am your host for these festivities, and joining me as always, he is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, and my very best friend. You know him from all around the internet, but you can only find his wrestling stuff right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Johnny Bananas. What's up, guys? Um, I got money in the bank, Shorty, what you drank. That's a throwback song, Dan. Um, but since Dan alluded to it, and since it's coming up, we are going to take you down memory lane and bring you the very first match of the very first Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And Dan, what was that match? That was the Money in the Bank match in 2010. Of those participants, there were, I believe, let me count y'all. One, seven. two, three, four, five. Ugh. Six, seven. Yes, it was The Miz, John Morrison, Chris Jericho, Edge, John Morrison, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Ted DiBiase Jr. As we go through... So did gonna... John Morrison participate twice? Because you said his name twice. Uh, Sure. He definitely had some eye-popping moves. As we go through and we watch this match together, I'm going to give you a time to press start on the pay-per-view, actually, because it has a very good intro, and then it goes right in to the match itself before we get there let me reset the scene dan where were you in 2010 uh probably at a house party somewhere year mm. after high school being a degenerate youth for sure ah those were the days anyway back in 2010 the nexus was raining and running rough shot all over the wwe john cena was at the top of the mountain the rock was on the precipice of returning because he just filmed the tooth fairy dan have you noticed what's happened to the rock here lately i saw recently yes july 18th 2010 the rock young rock has been canceled the show was terrible the xfl lost 60 million dollars I think that was expected, though. It was, but still. Um, dude's not doing so hot. He was in another Fast movie. That's true, too, which is not after saying he wasn't going to be. But in the end, he's still the rock. He's still worth a billion dollars, and I would still give my left and right testicle to be that man. Anyway, the anonymous Raw general manager had just debuted in one of the worst storylines in the history of the WWE. And you know what made that storyline worse, Dan? Do you remember who was revealed as the anonymous Raw general manager? Oh, Mark Henry and May Young's son, The Hand. No, it was Vince McMahon's illegitimate child, which turned out to be Michael Finley's uh, illegitimate child. Michael it was Hornswoggle. Cole. It was Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle was the anonymous Raw general manager. Two years of buildup, and it wound up being Hornswoggle. The WWE Championship was won by four different men in the year. Cena won it from Sheamus, Batista from Cena on the same night, and then Cena from Batista at Mania, Sheamus from Cena, Orton from Sheamus, The Miz from Orton. It went back and forth. It was rough. The Bella Twins were in full mean girl mode. There were seven different women laid claim to the Divas Championship. Jericho was a thing until Y2J left to record Fozzie's sixth album and then go on tour. Zack Ryder was making a name for himself on YouTube as the Long Island Ice Z YouTube shorts were a big thing. 
Vicky Guerrero had moved on from Edge and found herself Dolph Ziggler. They weren't dating at the time. She was just his business associate, which was the exact same gimmick she had with Edge. Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler were on a path to a match at Mania, a Kiss My Foot match. It was a different era in the WWE, Danny Boy. It for sure was. Now, before we get to the pay-per-view itself, let's tell you a little bit about where things were. You see, we were on the heels of NXT 2010. That would be the second season of NXT. Listen to some of these names that appeared in this season, Dan. Cabal. You know who Cabal was. Uh, I know of the Cabal. Do you know what he's actually known by more popularly? What? Low key. Ah. His pros were lay cool, and he actually won season two. Michael McGillicuddy, also known as Daniel. No idea. Curtis Axel, his pro was Kofi Kingston, last one eliminated. Alex Riley, also known as? Wonderful. Alex Riley, he, his pro was The Miz. He was also eliminated in the last week. Husky Harris, Dan, anything? Ah, Bray Wyatt. There you go. His pro was Cody Rhodes. So how about that? Uh, Percy Watson, who you may or may not remember. MVP was his pro. Lucky Cannon, who I had to look up, his pro was Mark Henry. Eli Cottonwood, who made no impact, his pro was John Morrison. And the first wrestler voted off the show was actually Titus O'Neil, the only person technically right now, until we see Bray Wyatt come back, still on contract with the WWE. So how do you like that? Uh, He was eliminated in week four. Now, there is more on Alex Riley, just in case you guys don't know. He actually was with the WWE for about three or four years. Um, He was assigned to the Miz June 1st. He was drafted to SmackDown, but he stayed on Raw, personal services contract. It got really convoluted really fast. He was basically the Miz's lackey, for lack of a better term. He actually helped the Miz cash in money in the bank and helped the Miz retain his WWE championship over John Cena at WrestleMania, making the Miz the most WWC, w, bleh, making the Miz the most must see WWE champion. Blah blah blah. What do you remember about Alex Riley, Dan? I don't remember much. Then I want you to go to YouTube, and I want you to go find his entrance music, because it's fire. Like it is legit. It, this was such a great time for entrance music in the WWE. Dolph Ziggler, in a year after this roundabout, would get a redubbed version, uh, kind of a slowed down version of his, you know, his theme song. Uh, you had uh, Zack Ryder. Oh, Ray, he had a great one. Alex Riley had his. This was right when Punk got um, Cult of Personality, but even before that had the Fire Burns. Very underrated. NXT or the Nexus had theirs. It, just so good. So good with uh, the entrance music. Um, so other than that, we're going to talk about the cash-in later on. We're going to talk about the pay-per-view. Actually, you want to run down the card before we get to the first match? Let's run down the card. All right. It opened with a dark match. Santino Marella defeated William Regal by pinfall in four and a half minutes. Then came the Money in the Bank. Um, the World Heavyweight Championship, which was first... 
That's the match we will not be watching. Kane defeated the big show, Christian, Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, and Matt Hardy. So a little bit of screw up on my part. We're going to watch the second Money in the Bank, which happened very late into this pay-per-view. So we're going to have to backtrack a little bit and actually find when this gets played. So bear with us on that. Alicia Fox retained her WWE Divas Championship over Eve Torres. The Hart Dynasty, David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd with Natalia retained their uh, unified WWE Tag Team Championships from the Usos, who were full-on doing the haka and everything else, with Tamina by submission, thanks to the sharpshooter. Rey Mysterio defended his World Heavyweight Championship over Jack Swagger. Kane cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Rey Mysterio seconds later in a 54-second match to become the World Heavyweight Champion. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the shortest anybody ever held Money in the bank. Um, Layla with Michelle McCool defeated Kelly Kelly with Tiffany, whoever that was, for the WWE Women's Championship. And in the main event, Sheamus defeated John Cena by escaping a steel cage to retain his WWE title. Outside of the Money in the Bank cash-in, there were no other title changes. Does that shock you a little bit, Dan, given as wild as this era was? Yeah, because you never really knew what to expect in a sense. You never did. But anyway, we're going to get started here. I got to do some backtracking. So, Dan, tell me, how's life been treating you? Ah, man, it's been treating me great. Now, I know, you, I know you're excited to, for, for, for me to come see you this week coming up. That is very true. I am. Dan, for those of you that don't know, will be in a bowling tournament next weekend where he will actually be coming up and seeing me and probably driving a wedge in my relationship that might wind up just screwing us all. But yet, here we are. When yeah. he says screwing us all, he, he doesn't mean that I'm screwing all of them. Not if he I have anything to say like about it. screwing up his life. Anyway, while we're tracking down this information on where you guys can press start, I have a trivia question for you, Dan. Now, I got bored today, and it was brought up the topic of Tropic, or I'm sorry, Thunder in Paradise. Remember that TV show? Not a, not a chance. 22 episodes of Hulk Hogan in a super military-grade boat. Out of those 22 episodes, 1, 2, 3, uh, 10, 11 different wrestling personalities appeared on that TV show. Can you name how many of those? Take a guess. Who can you name? None, because I don't even know the show. Hulk Hogan, 1994. Just by that. Okay. Jimmy Hart was in 16 episodes. Brutus the Barber Beefcake was in 14. Jim the Anvil Neidhart was in nine. I'm very disappointed you didn't play along with me on this. Um, Sting was in four. Giant Gonzalez was in four. Tugboat, Terry Funk, Linda Hogan, Skinner, and Terry Taylor were all in. One. I might have got. You should have gotten Jimmy Hart and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. They're Hogan's best friends. I have a disdain for Hogan. I know you do. That's why I asked you that question. Um, I was going to do more wrestling stars that starred in their own TV shows, but that list got unwieldy real, real fast. 
So now we're coming up on the highlights. And ladies and gentlemen, if you could go to Peacock right now, go to timestamp 1, TAC 40, TAC 09, and we will begin this pay-per-view. I will give you a countdown, 3, 2, 1, start, and we will go from there. Dan, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. 3, 2, me 1, drink. and press play. All right, we're coming in on the entrance, and the first man out, Randy Orton. How do you feel about RKO there, bud? I love him. Is he done? I love him. Um, I hope not. I hope much, he gets one more run. How much do you know about Randall Kenneth Orton? Not a lot about his personal life. No, it's not about his personal life. This will all be WWE-centric. Your first trivia question, Daniel. How many belts has Randy Orton won, according to Wikipedia? Uh, total overall championships. So, like, how many championships has he won? Or yes. how many total times he's won a championship? Total times he's won a championship. Uh, I'm going to say 35. 20, actually. He is a 10-time WWE champion, a four-time World Heavyweight champion, a one-time Intercontinental champion, a one-time United States champion, a four-time tag team champion. He is also a Money in the Bank winner in 2013 and a two-time Royal Rumble winner in 09 and 17. Next out is The Miz. What do you think about The Miz, Dan? Uh, one of the most underrated wrestlers. Oh, I completely agree with you. On that, I know you don't understand, Siri. Uh, Now, your trivia question for The Miz. The Miz has won a tag team championship with five guys. Can you name them? Morrison. That's one. Um, Who else has tagged with him? Come on, we're falling behind. We're already on to Mark Henry, who you can totally see the head of his dick. Uh, R-Truth? No. Miz did not win a tag team title with R-Truth. Mizdow? Damian Damian Sandow. Yes, that is correct. I'm blanking on the rest, I feel like. Shane McMahon, John Cena, and The Big Show. I may have got Big Show, but that's about it. How do you like Maurice coming out with the million-dollar man's – or the million-dollar belt, Ted DiBiase? They were called the Million Dollar Couple. How do you like them apples, Danny Boy? That's interesting. I forgot that that was a thing. Speaking of Ted DiBiase, how many times has he won the Tag Team Championship in the WWE? Uh, and can, can you name his partner? Ray, not Ray. Cody? Cody was the partner. He won it twice with Cody Rhodes. That Million Dollar Championship, by the way, was recently held. Can you give me that name? Uh, Who most Cameron, recently held it? Cameron, Cameron Grimes is correct. He won it from L.A. Knight and gave it back to Ted DiBiase. That brings us to John Morrison. I know you're not going to get this, but according to Wikipedia, John Morrison has gone by how many names? How many last names? Johnny what? Oh, God. Um, Just give me a number. Ten. Oh, very close. Eleven. Blaze, Caballero, Elite, Fusion, Hardy, Impact, Mundo, Nitro, Onyx, Spade, and Superstar. That was a pain 
to look up. We skipped Mark Henry. Mark Henry has two lifts where he is a world record holder. Can you name those lifts? Uh, deadlift. Deadlift at 903.9 pounds is correct. And probably not going to get the other one. The squat, 953 and a half pounds. How do you like Chris Jericho looking there? Looking young. As he far as Jericho, one. I have two. True or false? Chris Jericho has been in a video game for three different companies. True. Name the companies. AEW, WWE, and WCW. Correct. And how many in the major promotions? I did not. I don't have a trivia question. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, how many major companies does Dig Chris Jericho hold gold for? Five. Can you name them? Uh, ECW, WCW, WWE, Impact, AEW. Ooh, so close. AEW, ECW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Ring of uh, Honor, WCW, and WWE. Now we have Evan Bourne coming out. What was Evan Bourne's other name that he used in Impact? Yes, I know. That is correct. Where is he from? Uh, a shitty city called St. Louis. Incorrect, sir. He is from St. Louis. Edge has been a tag team champion with six different gentlemen. How many can you name? Christian. That's one. Uh, who else is? Uh, who was he in the? It was Christian. Gangrel. No, Gangrel is not one. As we are um, ready to begin, the bell has been rung. An edge dips Benoit. out of the ring. Benoit is one. That is Orton. correct. Orton is one. That is correct. Jericho. Jericho. Also, you got two left. Oh, Mysterio. here we go. And now all hell breaks loose. Rey Mysterio. Yes, one more. And I'm it's not. probably his most famous reign. I have no idea. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Oh, Won it on ball. SmackDown 2002. It was the first title he won after he split up with Christian. And that will bring an end to our trivia portion of the participants we have here. As there you see, Evan Bourne. Is there any, was there anybody more exciting than Evan Bourne? In his time, maybe not. I, I feel like Evan Bourne was a lot like uh, Ty Dellinger almost where he was just one of those guys that could go and they just expected him to do all this crazy stuff. A lot like Kofi Kingston, too. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I feel like you always had that one high flyer in these matches that would do the... I mean, we got Ricochet this year. Uh, And then there was Justin... Um, Justin Gabriel. Yeah. Also. Um, those guys never win. Here's Randy Orton and Edge, former tag team champ... Or, yeah, tag team champions when they were rated RKO... Oh, John Morrison. Wasted talent. That's interesting. I think he's had yes. a pretty good career. I mean, I think he should have been a world champion. But, ooh, clothesline where you fall back first onto the ladder. Ted DiBiase, what what, what derailed him? Arrogance. Was it, was it the Mark Jindrak effect? Uh, was it arrogance or was it because I think one of my favorite DiBiase stories is one that Cody tells. 
And what's that? Where DiBiase forgot to kick out. And he goes to the back. And Vince is pissed because it was supposed to be a two-segment, six-man tag match. And he just forgot to kick out. And he forgot to kick out. And he goes to the back. And he walks to the back. And he says, I can't believe you've never seen this story told. No, I have not. He goes to the back and he goes, where's that ref? He's trying to fuck on me. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, it's much better the way Cody tells it. Where does Chris Jericho rank on the all-time greats? Top seven. So he's not top five? Ooh, Mark Henry just takes out the Miz and Jericho with one ladder. Well, I mean, the top two, you have Roman Reigns and then the Tribal Chief. No, they're just... See, now you're just trolling to troll. I'm asking you a serious, legit question, and I do not like this. That is a big man about to just smash into the Miz. Oh, ooh, he sat on his head, and not in the fun way. I know that that looks worse than what it was, but that, ooh, right, unprotected headshot with the ladder, too. (coughs) Yeah, that was, um. They got to remember where we're at. This is 2010. This is before the concussion stuff. And Christopher Nowitzki kind of brought all that to light. Oh, Evan Bourne. I feel like they could have done more with him, but it. I mean, I feel like they can do more with any guy like that. Roderick Strong. Or not Roderick Strong. um, Johnny Gargano. He reminds me a lot of Johnny Gargano without the high flying. Like if. Like, if, if Evan Bourne would have been more of a tactical wrestler, he's Johnny Gargano. That's fair. And here's the first real early tease of somebody actually clinging and not just touching the, um, oh, Hurricane Rana, beautiful, touching the briefcase. Now, were That's you okay? Go ahead. He's just, I feel like he's so underrated. He was before his time. I think he really was, especially with his stuff in Impact where he was the vision and everything else. Two St. Louis boys now going at it over the ladder. And boy, like, if you look at the ratings from the WWE game this year, the disparity between these two is amazing. I think Seidel was in the high 70s. Orton may have been in the high 90s, which is where he belongs. Is There's that suspended DDT. Vintage Randy Orton. Where did, how, did, how did you feel about the unhinged legend killer Randy Orton? Maybe uh, not the unhinged, but the, the schizophrenic hearing voices, Randy Orton. I loved it. Is it better than the characters he did, or the version of the characters he did in the past? Yeah, how could you say it's not? I liked him as the legend killer, fresh out of, uh, ooh, this is going to hurt. Oh, great save by The Miz as he prevented a suplex onto the ladder. Very monochromatic in this match. Only one non-white guy. Hmm. Who would have thought after all of this, there's only really one of these guys active anymore? Well, active in the WWE. Active pretty much, period. I don't know if Seidel's doing anything. Morrison's injured, isn't he? DiBiase's about to go to jail. Henry's 
more or less a coach now. Orton What's may or may not be done. to jail for? Uh, welfare fraud. The whole COVID stuff in Mississippi, him and his dad and Brett Favre, and it's a whole thing. Wait, he was a part of the whole Brett Favre thing? Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. But yeah, he he's 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 going he's gonna go away for a little while. That's pretty funny. Yeah, there were seven figures were involved in defrauding the the federal and state government. So um, you're the government I, though. How do you let that happen? It, it was COVID, man. Strange times. Drew McIntyre was the WWE champion. I mean, how do you let that happen? Deservedly so. Now that's one thing that always amazed me. Like. You know that it's set up for a big move when the ladder is off center. Like, you know something else is going to happen. It, this this wasn't set up very well. Do you remember what Jericho does here? Oh, now we got four guys on ladders. I feel like a third ladder is going to come into play with another group of guys climbing it. As now we're batting the briefcase back and forth. The amount of world champions in this match, just right here on these ladders, because you got Jericho, Orton, and Edge. Like that's a lot of a lot of history. Oh, here's Mark Henry being strong. That is one dude I definitely would never ever want to tick off. Like I feel like I would have a small but a small chance against the rest of those guys. Mark Henry, I don't think so. What is he? What? That was dumb. Are you watching this, Dan? I am. Make comments. Oh, the beautiful Maurice. Uh, mm, yeah, Maurice. Mm. Yummy. Oh, is she going to pull a James Ellsworth? How old was she here? That That's something we got to look up. She had to be young, right? In her 20s. Uh, Maurice Ouellette, she's 40 now, and that was 13 years ago, so 26, 27. She was that old? Yeah. Well, she's 40 now. I mean, she does not look 40, by the way. No, not at all. I agree with that. that But then again, Trish Stratus doesn't look, what, 52? I'm not over Trish Stratus. Never, ever. She's 47, actually. Trish Stratus is 47 years old. Oh, John Morrison. John Morrison. He had a good view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Maurice or Molina? Molina. You think? Yeah. Oh, there's Ted DiBiase and John Morrison. Such hopes for these two. Such hopes. And they just never materialized. It's a shame. What do we have here? Oh! Slide through the ropes and DiBiase eats the ladder. Man, isn't it kind of crazy to think Morrison came back just to have a tag team run? I kind of wonder if that's if that's what was planned or if like he was maybe injured or promised something or or or, or you know what I mean? 
Because who comes back for a tag team run? That's what I mean. Like, I think there was something else planned there, and that's a dedicated fan right there. You see that? Wearing the clown paint and the wig, that's 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 some dedication sitting there at ringside. Is that who I think it is? It's not Doink the Clown. No. Is that Frank the Clown? I don't know who Frank the Clown is. Noel Foley's boyfriend? Or ex-boyfriend or whatever? Ooh! The Miz, did you see how close his head came to that? I didn't see how close his head came, but that's a spot that, this is a spot I always enjoy. This is one I, I don't forget. Oh, the walk in the ladder, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oof. You know, he may be another one I wouldn't want to fight. Because I have a feeling, even though you could have him, like, down, I think he's so, like, core strong that you could just, like, he would just come at you from all angles. The parkour, you know? is, the parkour is nasty. It really is. Trapped in an Iron Maiden. Matt Stryker on commentary. Ooh. Ooh. That does seem like it would hurt. Oh, there's the Miz. Eating it again. You can't trust Edge. Come on, you know this. You know, it's kind of crazy when you look at this time, too, because you had guys like the Miz holding a world title and... um. Jack Swagger held the World Heavyweight Championship. Dolph Ziggler was a champion. This was a time when they gave a lot of young guys their first and really only world title runs. You know, it's kind of a kind of a unique time in history. It's um also. Please it's continue. Also, um, yeah, I didn't. I had to hit the, the cough button. Um, it's also hard to, to just look at some of these guys and how young they were. Like, just think about how young Edge was here and how, like, how he just recently came back for another run. Yeah, Edge would retire about a year, well, a little less than a year after this. Um, the next year following this pay-per-view was one of the biggest years in the WWE. Uh, Daniel Bryan won Money in the Bank. You had the pipe bomb promo and the whole thing was CM Punk. Edge retired and walked away. It was, it was a, it was a big, this was also the first time Vince McMahon got quote fired. It uh, laid the seeds for the authority to come in a year later. That happened right before SummerSlam actually uh, in 2011. Uh, But just a massive, massive year 2020 well really 2010 and 2011 was for the wwe because they were handily beating uh impact at this time impact was in the throes of their aces and eight stuff or getting ready to do the aces and eight stuff bischoff and hogan were firmly in charge it was a a crazy time in wrestling dan how do you feel about the aces and eights i personally think they get a bad rap i thought uh bully ray was he was the best of a bad... Ooh, that looked like it hurt. Best of a bad situation is that we just saw Miz get thrown onto a stepladder on top of Chris Jericho. So I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of a fan of Aces and Eights, to be honest. I was too, yeah. Uh, there you see Mark Hinton. Now, the interesting thing about this, in the World Heavyweight Championship ladder match that started at the beginning of this, 
they gave Kane a reinforced ladder. Now, Kane was running about 290 at the time. Mark Henry's about 350. And he's on a regular ladder, and he had Evan Bourne on his back. I thought that reinforced ladder was for the big show. It may have been for the big show. They gave it to Kane, too. But still, Mark Henry wasn't that much smaller than the big show at the time. He may have been around 400. But even then, it it just it wasn't, oh, oh, poor Evan Bourne. Just makes you wonder some of these spots. Makes you wonder what some of these spots would be in 2023. As there you see a code breaker and a spear after a starship paint or what? What do you call that kick? A shining wizard. That's what Morrison called that. Uh, just wow. Three specials right on Mark Henry, knocking him out of the match. Evan Bourne's out of the match. We're coming close to the end of this one. As there you see, we got, what, four guys in the ring. It's Jericho, Edge, Orton, and Morrison. I'm sorry, that's The Miz, not Jericho. As Jericho is trying to get back into the ring. Hmm. What you know, I, 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 this is a scary, this is a scary spot. I keep, I keep saying it's, it's crazy how few of these guys are still in the, still in, but four of these guys are still active. And I don't know what Morrison's doing right now, but he may be still active too. And four of them could arguably be on, I mean, a top 20 all time, maybe not the Miz so much, but. If you look at what the Miz has done, <laughs> he should be he should be kind of up there. Maybe not uh, top twenty, maybe top thirty, but I would say Miz is borderline top twenty. For all of the stuff he's done, I mean, he is a two-time Grand Slam champion, so there's that. You know, I don't think it can be denied. Edge and Orton are definitely top twenty, and Jericho's probably maybe top five. Oh, don't. Oh, good, good. You got to Okay, I was gonna say. What is this? What are they setting him up for? Oh, he's going to go flying. He's going to go flying. Oh, almost. Oh, my oh. God. I think he was supposed to go through RKO from nowhere. From out of nowhere. I think he may have been supposed to have gone through the table on that spot. I feel like Jericho gets him in the walls of Jericho here, doesn't he? On top of the ladder? I'm pretty sure I remember that from one of the Money in the Banks that Jericho did. Um, interesting facts about Money in the Bank while we watch these two go toe-to-toe. Five times a cash-in has failed. John Cena in 2012, he beat CM Punk, but it was by disqualification. Uh, Damian Sandow lost to John Cena straight up for the World Heavyweight title. Baron Corbin was hindered by the gender in 2017 for the WWE champion. Another RKO. Oh, beautiful move. Beautiful move. Uh, Braun Strowman's match with Roman Reigns ended in a no contest, thanks to Brock Lesnar. And Austin Theory failed to grab the United States Championship from Seth Rollins. The women are 5-0 and in cash-ins. Did you know that? I did. Seven men have, or I'm sorry, 
Two men have appeared in Money in the Bank seven times. Kofi Kingston and Kane. Who, oh, oh, is he going to have it? He's, he, how do you not, how do you not get that? Like, I think. This is the one thing I hate about, this is the one thing I, I hate about these, is when it's like the, oh, oh, I, I can't get it unhooked. I can't get it unhooked. Although, to be fair, there it does look like that's a screw D-ring, so that would take a little bit of time. That's what I was I, I get, was getting ready to say that. It doesn't look like it's a regular... Uh, no, it's... I mean, you could just pop up the carabiner. Oh, popped off the hook, yeah. I hated this mini game in, in most of the WWE games because you climb the ladder so slowly. Like, I feel like in real... Like, I know that's kind of how they do it in the match, but I feel like in real life... If that's happening, I am not one step at a time up the ladder. You know what I mean? Um, Kane and Kofi Kingston have been in Money in the Bank seven times. Kane is the only one to have won it. They were both in the World Heavyweight Championship Money in the Bank match earlier in this pay-per-view. Dolph Ziggler and Christian were in Money in the Bank six times. Dolph has a win. Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin, Chris Jericho, and Drew McIntyre have been in five. with Randy Orton getting the lone win. Natalia has also been in five. That's the most out of any woman. Carmella and Becky Lynch have been in four. Becky has yet to win one. Mella has won two. So this is the first year that Natty won't be in one. That is, uh, I believe she wasn't in one last year, but I could be wrong on that. Um, the women are five and zero oh on cash-ins, and she's been in five. Oh, that is true. I feel like that may be wrong. I may have to check my stats on that. Oh, Edge, right on the ribs. That looked like that hurt. The more I watch these Raws from 2010 and 2011, every time I see him do any trauma to his spine, and I know what's coming in April of, of 2011, it just it ugh, makes me cringe a little bit. There's Randy Orton going for the... See, why do they paw at it to send it flying? Like, that... Uh-oh. Here he's going to hang. He's going to hang. Nope, he's going to go flying. Oh, chest first into the ropes. And then, uh, let's see. Mella and Punk are the only two to have two wins in a Money in the Bank match. Cena, Seth, and Charlotte have been cashed in the most. They've been cashed in three times. And there you see Mike the Miz Mizanin, fresh from being the Raw host, I guess, and from Real World. Capturing Money in the Bank. We are going to take a pause here so I can get you the rest of what happened after The Miz got his... Dan, I'm going to let you keep watching. I'm going to keep talking. Um, The Miz's cash-in, as I got to scroll down to where I have it, um, he held a briefcase for 127 days. It was during this 127 days where he gave us the really stuff and he, the awesome gimmick that he was in full swing here uh randy orton won the wwe championship at night of champions in the rosemont illinois on september 19th 2010 he won in a six-pack elimination challenge that also featured jericho edge cena and wade barrett uh he decided to okay i have that wrong um Wow, I should have wrote this better. 
Okay, so Randy Orton had successfully defended his title against Wade Barrett at Survivor Series and again on the following Raw. Nexus had decided to make Randy Orton pay with a savage beating. And then Miz came in, cashed in Money in the Bank on the vulnerable Randy Orton. Um, Orton tried to overcome it. It was actually one of the longer cash-in matches, but the Miz wound up becoming WWE champion. It was on a Monday Night Raw. 244 was the cash-in match. Orton defeated Wade Barrett to retain in 351. Then came the beatdown. Then came everything else. This was also during King of the Ring qualifying on that same Raw. John Morrison defeated Tyson Kidd. So there was that. And now you hear Miz cutting his promo to the crowd's dislike. Now, this money in the bank was from... Did I give you where that was from, Dan? Did I say that at the top of the show? No? No. July 18th, 2010, from the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri. The total match went 20-26. Andy McNamara, a reviewer from Canadian Online Explorer's Wrestling Section, rated the Money in the the Bank ladder match a 4 out of 5, the WWE Championship a 3 out of 5, and the World Heavyweight Championship match a 3.5 out of 5. The event was attended Live by a sold-out crowd of 8,000 fans, it drew 169,000 pay-per-view buys, approximately 99,000 of which came in the U.S. This was before we had the WWE Network. It was actually one of the last pay-per-views before the network was launched. No, it wasn't. This was long before the network. Um, Miz would successfully cash in on Orton November 22nd to win the WWE Championship. It was Miz's first Money in the Bank win. He would win his second Money in the Bank 10 years later from Otis at Hell in a Cell, making him one of four guys, Edge, Punk, and or making him one of four people, Edge, Punk, and Carmella, to hold Money in the Bank twice. Mella, Miz, and Edge, all three got their second time from winning from a prior Money in the Bank winner. So how do you like that? So really, the only person to actually win the match twice was CM Punk. Technically, Mello, technically Mello won an in a Money in the Bank match, but it, it's that whole thing with James Ellsworth was really convoluted. It was just, Thank it you. was rough. It was really, really rough. Um, what do you think of this match, Dan? It was kind of the precursor. It wasn't the first Money in the Bank ladder match we saw. But what what'd you think of this? It was. One of the better ones from my from what I remember. Um, it, re- it really was. I mean, the, I feel like when you have guys like Morrison and Seidel and Miners involved, I mean, that's also, as you like to say, I like that flippy shit. So, um, doesn't really surprise me that it's one of my favorites. And when you really look through it, um, do do we say that this is what sort of jump started the career of? The Miz? Yeah. Absolutely it did. This put him on the path to winning the WWE Championship, which put him on a path to main eventing WrestleMania. I mean, it, I mean, it, yeah, it just shotgunned his career. Um, Technically, this was the eighth Money in the Bank 
or eighth match that featured money in the bank. Um, the first one obviously was won by Edge at WrestleMania 21, beating Benoit, Jericho, Christian Kane, and Shelton Benjamin, followed by RVD winning it. He would go on to take care of that whole thing. In fact, Dan, did you know that happened 17 years ago today on June 11th, 2023, ECW's One Night Stand happened. Do you remember that pay-per-view in 2006? Yes. How much of it do you remember? Because we're going to talk a little bit about that before we say sayonara to this one. Um, Taz defeated Jerry Lawler by technical submission in 35 seconds, concluding a rivalry that went back around about 15 years. Kurt Angle defeated Randy Orton by submission when Angle decided to be a member of ECW after originally spurning them in 1997 because they crucified the Sandman. The FBI, Little Guido, and Tony Mamaluke with Big Guido defeated Super Crazy and Tajiri in a tag team match. An Extreme Rules match for the World Heavyweight Championship saw Rey Mysterio retain his title in a no contest over Sabu in nine minutes and ten seconds, Edge, Mick Foley, and Lita. Edge and Mick Foley having, obviously, their tenuous, um, what do I want to call this? Alliance? I believe I believe that was after the uh, Hell in a Cell match that Edge and Foley had. Uh, they defeated Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and Beulah McGillicuddy. This is also one of the most famous pictures of Tommy Dreamer's career, where he is just crimson masked, bloody in the face, and you see him and Beulah McGillicuddy right after Beulah came down for the match, just hug, and it was it was an amazing thing. Uh, Balls Mahoney defeated Masato Tanaka in an Extreme Rules match in five minutes, and then probably the greatest ECW WWE match ever, and that was Rob Van Dam defeated John Cena. In an Extreme Rules match for the WWE Championship, this was Rob Van Dam's announced Money in the Bank cash-in. And that happened 17 years ago today in 2006. Do you remember that at all, Dan? Have you seen that match? I I don't yeah, I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen it, but I don't remember it. You absolutely have seen that match because that is the match that John Cena came in as one of the most hated men in a wrestling ring that I have ever seen. It was, he was doing the hustle loyalty respect thing. He took his shirt off and threw it into the crowd and it got thrown back at him. Not once, but twice. I do. Okay. I do remember that. I, I have never that, seen a more anti W a more anti anybody uh, crowd than what I did for those people in the Hammerstein ballroom in New York against John Cena. Like when they had, Signs that said, if Cena wins, we riot. I believe it. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. That wasn't a joke. Uh, that would go. That one night stand would actually be the precursor to ECW's brand launching on the Sci-Fi Network, replacing the NXT reality show. Then, or yeah, then NXT would replace ECW, but then NXT would be its own brand. That storyline and that timeline gets really convoluted in the end. Um, but yeah, that was a this was a fun time in WWE history between 2010's Money in the Bank and 2006 ECW's One Night Stand. This is also the second One Night Stand of two, where Rob Van Dam was actually 
able to participate in this one where the one in 2005, he was not because of a knee injury. That was the real one night stand. That was the, yeah, that was the so much better one. That one had, that one definitely had the better speech from Paul Heyman. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I teared up and bawled like a baby when Paul Heyman started talking about ECW in that one night stand in 2005. That was also the one where we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Sandman and ECW just beat the crap out of each other. And I, I was wrong. That match it was the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer where we saw Beulah and Tommy Dreamer with the Crimson Mask do what they did. Um, we also had in that first one night stand... Uh, Joey Styles tried to get fired for what he said about Mike Awesome, who would then commit suicide a couple of years later. Um, it was nuts. <laughs> Both of those one-night stands were absolutely crazy, and they were done very, very well. Anyway, Dan, you got anything else to put on to this? I don't, I don't have anything else to add on to this right now. You don't want to say something about our dearly departed Iron Sheik? Uh, um... I think Iron Sheik would want me to say what Iron Sheik would say. God bless everyone and have a good night, except for Hulk Hogan. Fuck that bitch. Fuck Hulk Hogan. That's right. Um, the views expressed by the Iron Sheik are not necessarily expressed by the Caps Lock Chair podcast or the Players to Be Named Later Facebook page. Anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to put a wrap on this watch along for the 2010 Money in the Bank match. What you can expect from us going on this coming week, you will get another episode of the Players of Name Later podcast. We are going to recap what should be the end of the NHL and NBA finals as Florida is down three games to one in both series. Both Floridas, by the way, Miami and the Panthers. And you're also going to get maybe some baseball talk in there if Dan wants to ramble about the Orioles or whatever. You're going to get another – you're going to get a preview of the 2023 Money in the Bank match where we may talk about some other historical stuff when it pertains to this pay-per-view and who's in it, who's not in it, and what does it mean going forward. We're also going to give you our opinions on AEW Collision, which comes up next week. You're going to hear all of that and so much more. From the players to be named later and the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. One last chance, Dan. Anything? Okada Omega. No, too early, man. You blew it. You say that at the end. Which, by the way, there is a rumor that we may could see CM Punk and Kenta at Forbidden Door. There's going to be stuff about Wembley. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. You're going to get all of that. We're going to break it all down for you on the next editions of our shows But as always, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, how do I end this, Dan? Just remember. Oh, Oh. if you're not down with the Caps Fox and Cheer Shots podcast, Dan has two words for you. Keep listening.